This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Everybody, welcome to what is the first of, I don't know how many of these will get done before the season starts. There's just so much going on, but a player preview. And so I want to talk to somebody who is particularly invested in that player. Maybe it's their favorite player. Maybe it's a player they've written about or talked about extensively, but just kind of want to talk about a player before the season starts and who better than the culture avatar for the Raptors, as it were, Fred Van Vliet. He's a very big deal with the Raptors. He sets the tone for the team in a lot of ways. He is the point guard. He was the best player for a large part of last season. And to discuss that with me, my guy, Curly, I, I've broke bread with this dude. I hooped with this dude. He's good vibes. He knows his ball. And you can find more of his work at the Live by the Three podcast. But uh, for now, we're here to talk about Fred. How you doing, man? I'm well, brother. How you doing? Thank you very much, uh, first and foremost, for bring me along and uh, I just can't wait to uh, get into it. Oh man, that's, everybody's always like, thanks for coming on the podcast. From a podcaster's point of view, I got to tell you, it's always thank you to the people for coming on every single time because it's tough to get people who know basketball, who speak well and who are entertaining to come and chop it up on a bunch of different topics. So when you find somebody like yourself, it's like, hey man, come on, let, let, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk hoops. So sure that. Yeah, yeah. The, so the first thing, obviously, is Fred. As I said, kind of in the, the introduction, this is a guy who, I mean, he was an all-star last year. He was a guy who he became much more potent in the pick and roll for a certain portion of the season when he was healthy. This is a guy who defends at an all-NBA level, even if it's not recognized in votes. And he's a hell of a player. He was the best player on the Raptors for a large stretch of last season. That mantle was taken from him by Pascal as Pascal was healthier. Pascal reached the level of play that was all NBA. And now they come into the season, both of them healthy, both fresh. Do you think that there's a roadmap that doesn't include Pascal getting worse, but Freddie getting better for him to take that mantle back? You know, I think it's going to be challenging for Freddie, but, you know, I think just this whole story just kind of embodies that you know, his mantra, better on yourself, you know, that hard work mentality. And I'm sure he would welcome any challenge, but I think he's thinking big picture. Um, Pascal came out like a bat out of hell, like they said, uh, at the second half of that season. Freddie carried us for the first half of the season, and it seemed like in the end it might have caught up to us. Mm-hmm. That that heavy workload might have been a little bit too much um, for somebody of Freddie's caliber. but I think with the emergence of Scotty Barnes and we still have OG in the mix, you know, we kind of don't know which way he's heading. He could be really, really good or he could be much of the same. So I think it will be a little bit more challenging. But I think in order for Freddie to 
even be in the conversation to be the best player again. I think a lot of things have to change, um, especially in the half court. I think we are very predictable, and you've said it on multiple occasions that we're not very exciting on in the half court offense. So I think a lot of things would have to influence that, but it'll be tough for Freddie, I think. Is there something that when it's happening on offense for Fred, you look at that and you say, that's good. I want that more of that. The screen and roll, man. I mean, we just need more of it. I, I look at Freddie and I look back at the 2018, 2019 Freddie. This was a guy that in, in the half court or in transition, he's hitting you with the in and out. He's, he's pulling up off the screen or the pick and pop. And there was just more fluidity to the offense. Granted, we had the players to do it. You know, we had Marcus Saul and Sergi Baca setting big screens. You, you have Kawhi uh, commanding attention, Kyle Lowry commanding attention, and Danny Green. So the spacing was a big thing. And I think the Raptors tried to address it. It's still a bit of an issue, but at least we have an Otto Porter Jr. Well, we don't know when he's going to be coming back, but somebody else that can help create more space for Freddie to operate. But it, I think it has to, we have to implement more screen and roll in order for those things to happen. Because just what, looking at the highlights, you know, Gasol would set the screen and as soon as the screen would come, boom, he's curling, going up, finishing around the rim or pulling up for a floater or putting up, pulling up for the jump shot rather than, okay, Freddie, here's the ball. Let's go in isolation and majority of the people that he's going against are bigger than him. So he's not really going to have the advantage in most one-on-one -on -one situations. But if we implement a pick and roll more, I think we can see Freddie get back to a little bit more craftiness um, than, we're, we're, than we're used to seeing from last season. This is kind of, you and I, we have an ongoing dialogue about OG and his role and what that ends up being. We'll talk, we'll, we'll do podcasts about it during the season, obviously. For sure. Maybe, For sure. and one with Mac probably too as well. But yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when I asked Fred on media day, my question to him was, I kind of framed it as you were the best catch and shoot option in the NBA last year before you got, like, I didn't say before you got hurt because he doesn't want to talk about that, but yeah. you were the best catch and shoot option in the NBA last year. You also, for the first time, were a guy who took more pull-ups than other types of threes. And, you know, is there any way that you want to try and get back to taking more catch-and-shoot opportunities to playing off of guys like Scotty, to playing off of guys like Pascal? And as you say, bring the screen and roll into it. That doesn't mean that Fred is just the guy on ball. That means that Fred is one of the five best guard screeners in the NBA. He can, he can slip. He can give you the hard screen. He can ghost it. He will find space working off of those actions. And I think, like I wrote about this, if anybody wants to go to RaptorsRepublic.com, it's called Offensive Wrinkle, Pascal Siakam, and how Fred kind of plays into that as a screener. And Fred, I just want to see him be used in more intentional actions. And they, they do that sometimes with other types of things. Like they like Horns Flex, they have it so that he sets about the flex screen for OG, and then he funnels into like a pin down, and that can mm -hmm. become a DHO or a pick and roll, whatever. But having more options that kind of scale down and run down, like, okay, there's screen help once this comes here, instead of, as you said, handing a guy a ball and saying, get us a bucket, is a pretty big ask. Yeah. Um, moving on to the other side of the, the court, though, defense. Fred Van Vliet, so there's some, 
basically what I want to ask is some people are lower on Fred's defense now because of his injury troubles and because that really manifested in the series against the 76ers. The Raptors were better defensively with Fred off the floor. That's not a fully healthy Fred, though. How do you expect him to factor into the Raptors' defense this year? And do you expect him to kind of move away all those worries that started to come up? Well, I think you said it best. Um, He wasn't healthy in that series, so that's a very small sample size. But this is a guy that, you know, was very important in guarding one of the best shooters this generation has ever seen and going down in history and Steph Curry in the 2019 championship run. Um, obviously a different player from Tyrese Maxey, who is just an, an absolute bull, mm-hmm. you know, and he, and he can score inside and out and just tremendous athleticism. But I think in, in Freddie's case, let's see him healthy before we write him off. I mean, he, he's one of the top leaders in deflections, um, just his energy. And I think we saw a, a very quick sample size, mind you, very small when he was pressuring a very athletic guard in Colin hmm. Sexton. I mean, it's a small sample size, but he looks more focused than he's ever been. And he looks like he's ready to do all that he can on that side of the floor. But I also feel that it should also be matchup dependent, you know, um, having Freddie chasing around Steph Curry all night or more particularly Trey Young, because we're going to be seeing more of him all night and having him run through screens, you know, we're setting ourselves up for failure. So I think it should definitely be um, dependent on the matchup, but I don't, I'm not ready to write off Fred just yet. I still think, I mean, at this point, I don't think he's ever getting that all defense selection, but every year there's probably about like, there's 10 selections. There's probably 15 to 20 guys who are in, who give you around that impact. And Fred has been there. He'll probably be around there uh, this this year. It was it was interesting to see it discussed as like when Nick Nurse is talking about why Fred plays such heavy minutes. He's like, who is guarding the pick and roll for us? It is the Raptors for those they succeeded with the no guard lineups. Absolutely, they did. It looked different. But if the Raptors want to play more conventional defense, nobody comes close to emulating the impact of Fred at the point of attack. Now, let's talk about ceiling. I suppose Fred Van Vliet has had a lot of developments at the NBA level. He he brought quite a few NBA level attributes to the league, despite not being drafted, but he's worked very hard. I'm curious, what is your ideal, that platonic ideal of Fred? Like he has the perfect year in your mind. What does that look like? Again, I go back to 2018, 2019, you know, granted, he was coming off the bench, but when he was on the floor, he was looking to be impactful any way he can. I, I look at him in transition, you know, the in and outs, the tween the legs uh, while in motion, you know, the step throughs, the euros um, while he didn't euro that much in, uh, in transition. But, you know, just keeping the defense on on its heels, uh, I think. And then obviously the motion and the pick and roll and the pick and pop. And as you said, you know, on the pin down, setting the screen for bigger guards that were then flashing out on the wing to hit a corner three or even pump fake. There was many times where he pump faked and blew by the defender and finishing with the reverse. So when I think of peak Freddie, I want to see a blend of Freddie from 2018, 2019 and last year's Fred, because 
we don't know where we would be without one of the best catch and shoot shooters off ball in the league. Our offense would be beyond stagnant. And then we would be dependent solely on Pascal to isolate OG Scotty. And, you know, to a lesser extent, Gary Trent, we see what that looks like. That's just going to be between the legs, step back, fade away, contested jumper. So I think that to me is a blend of perfect Fred. So last year was that maybe it was a bit rich as far as the usage in your mind? Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, too, can we really complain? Because as you said, who's going to give you that production, especially at that guard spot? Yes, you know, we're, we're going unconventional with, the you know, the big point guard in a Pascal or in a Freddie or at times in an OG. Now even Precious is bringing up the ball. Mm-hmm. But, if, but sometimes on defense, that might not be very ideal. You know what I mean? So... We have to be, I guess you can say, less predictable on on that side of the ball. Throw in a wrench every now and again, obviously, because Freddie can play off the ball. But I think we need to be a little bit more conventional if we're going to be taking that next step going forward. Do you think that it's possible that he makes it back to the All-Star game this year, or do you consider that unlikely? I think it's going to be tough. You know, we got... DeJounte Murray in the mix now. We got Tyrese Maxey that looks poised to to make a, a leap. You still got Trey Young. And there's there's so many great guards. And you know, we can we can argue about whether Toronto gets the the respect that it deserves. I mean, we we get it, we get it up here for obvious reasons, but down south not so much. But you know, neither here or there. But I think if he's gonna make the all-star. I think we're going to be paying a heavy toll again. He's going to have to be paying, playing heavy minutes. We're going to, he's going to have to essentially prove his worth, which I don't really think is fair. But let's face it, Freddie's not a sexy player in comparison to some of the younger guards. So mm-hmm. I don't see the the fan base that outside of Toronto really paying attention to that. But who knows, man? It's just gonna be tough for him, I think. That's that's the funny thing about Fred is he kind of he gets lost in the shuffle of people who, if you don't want to discuss the big things about basketball, or if you if that's what the way you want to discuss basketball is only through the big lenses of stuff, Fred will definitely get lost in the shuffle because when you look at you know the points per possession on certain pick and roll types. And how good he was against drop. And that that was the fuel for the Raptors start to the season. And eventually a massive part of them getting the the fifth seed, finding their way out of the play-in scenario and into, you know, this hard and fast, you're in the playoffs seeding. And additionally, like, you know, some of the more proprietary statistics that nobody really gets to see, but Fred is one of the most effective tag men in the NBA. So if he's on the weak side and they run a pick and roll, Who's going to blow up the pick and roll? It's not going to be the Raptors big who does it. It's going to be Fred who's tagging the roll man, who's getting that dig down in there. And a lot of the numbers that say Fred is awesome just aren't publicly available. This is a guy who succeeds at all the the little spoken things about basketball. And that's why you can see it in net rating. You can see it in his impact stuff. But it's not in 
it's not exactly inherent for somebody to just pick up basketball, start looking at basketball reference and see where this guy's at. But the next thing that I want to talk to you about is, do we think that'll be reflected in his payday? Extension eligible. This is a guy who, you know, he skirted the talks about it at media day. It was like one of the first questions he was asked because people are like, hey, like, what's the money situation? Are you getting the bag? Are they giving it? Are you guys arguing about it? And he's just like, hey, hey, I don't want to talk about that. But Tyler Hero just got four years, 130 million. And so did RJ Barrett. Uh, There's guys looking for money. The cap is going up. Fred Van Vliet, even if he's not an all-star, he will give you an all-star level of wins every year to do like the baseball thing, wins above replacement, something like that. He'll give you the impact. Where are you at with the Freddie negotiations slash expectations? Pay him. It doesn't get get much simpler than that. Pay him. I mean, you outlined everything. I don't have to break it down any further. He is valuable to our team. Uh, He's not a very sexy player, but what he does is very sexy. You know, all the things that you have mentioned, you know, his overall impact. Which player, if we let him walk, which player is giving us that impact coming up in free agency? It's not going to be D'Angelo Russell, and that's just the name I'm just thinking off the dome. You know what I mean? Um, Tyler Hero got paid because of what he means to Miami Heat. And I think Fred Van Vliet is here. What does he mean to the Toronto Raptors? He's a winner. He's a champion. And just pay <laughs> I can't. I can't say it any better. Jalen Brunson got the bag. And Jalen Brunson's a solid player. But is he as impactful as a Fred Van Vliet? We can we can debate that. But it's no question that Fred Van Vliet is valuable to us. And when he was unhealthy and unavailable, especially in the Sixers series, you missed a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and mostly on offense, right? Because Absolutely. Raptors, they did find something defensively. They switched up how they were guarding Maxi and Harden. They kind of inverted their principles. That worked. Offensively, though, you felt it. Because Pascal was out there. Pascal had a great series, honestly, considering the attention he got, how often he was funneled into the mid-range and just had Embiid, other guys kind of, you know, shading and gapping him off of other defenders. But if Fred was there, you just imagine a swing, you get that side top side action, and Fred's at the end of that possession instead of any number of players for the Raptors, you just feel so much better. And that was reflected in the 76ers, they had a huge sigh of relief that he wasn't on the end of those swinging possessions either. And yeah, I I think you laid it out perfectly is that pay the dude because who are you getting that can replace that type of impact? And you look at the landscape of who are the guys who are comparable to Fred, like Darius Garland. This is a player who is, of course, he's young. He could end up much better than Fred. He's got a whole career ahead of him. But currently, this is a guy who's probably giving you a similar impact, he's going to get a max contract. The guys who are like Tyler Hero, RJ Barrett, you know, Jalen Brunson doesn't make as much of those two. But all these guys, if you ask like a team, you got one shot to win a championship this year. You can choose from any of those players. You might go 30 for 30. The teams are choosing Fred Van Vliet. He's that good. I'd like to see him get paid as well because I love when guys get paid. That's like the best, you know, that's that's one of the, the best parts about cheering for NBA teams as opposed to other sports is, you know, the other sports like, oh, who's my quarterback? 
He's on the rookie contract. Now's the time to win. You know, Vladdy is in arbitration instead of the free agency. Now it's time to win. All this kind of stuff. In the NBA, it's just like, get a bag, dude. Get the yeah. money you <laughs> you so well deserve. Yeah. Uh, when we talk about Fred, though, limitations. We haven't really talked about them, but when you think of Fred, something you'd like to see improve, and not even just in play style, like there are some ways he can be, you know, you alluded to it in the podcast a couple times. There are ways he can be used better. But as far as Fred's own agency, what are you looking for him to improve within his own game? Be a better finisher around the rim, especially inside the paint. Yeah, I know we can talk about his size is not big enough, but we've seen small guards have success in the paint. So find a go-to move, whether it's uh, a floater or, you know, a Euro, especially in, and like I said, in transition, I think that's what I want to see more of. And it definitely looks like, especially in the early part of the, the preseason, how the Raptors are, as soon as they get the rebound, they're out there, or even inbounding the ball, they're, they're pushing the ball up the floor. I want to see Freddie take advantage of his skill set, especially in those moments, but being a better finisher in the paint would be absolutely ideal because we kind of expect an either a forced layup or he looks to draw the contact and he doesn't get the call. I, I would like for him to try to finish through the contact more. And, you know, maybe he's a, we he definitely looks a little bit leaner. So maybe he's a little bit quicker. So maybe those opportunities are going to be available to him. But that's my position on that. I've always wondered with smaller guards, Jalen Brunson isn't as small as Fred, but he's a smaller guard. It's Kyle Lowry is a little bit bigger than Fred, but a small guard. Like these guards who they have great awareness of playmaking on the interior, which Fred is lacking a little bit uh, compared to Brunson and especially Kyle. But those two guys aren't afraid to like hang out in the paint and pivot around and kind of see what's happening. And Fred, when I look at his game and I see a guy, I'm like, he's strong enough to jump stop in the lane, I think. He's strong enough to like that, you know, he gets a pound dribble, hop in there, bump a guy at the same time. Maybe you clear a dude out. Then another guy has to step up. Maybe there's a shovel pass to a big kind of creeping in from the dunker spot. Like, it feels like that's Fred. Can he get any better at shooting? Probably not. Can he get a little bit better at playmaking from the outside in? Probably. Can he definitely get better at kind of bumping and wiggling through the paint? I think so. I think that there's meat on the bone when I look there. What what do you think about that? I 100% agree with you. Definitely. And he's intelligent Mm -hmm. to make it successful. So I'm on board with that idea. I've eaten crow when it comes to Fred so many times. Like after each season, I do that thing where I'm like, I think I can perceive the ceiling of this dude. I've seen what he's struggled with. And and now I'm seeing like, I think this is the natural end point of his progression. And kind of every time he keeps adding stuff and then I have to come back during the season and say, hey, I was wrong, by the way. Like last season, he had his, it's still not good, by the way. You're absolutely correct about the finishing. But he had his best finishing season before he got injured. And part of that was he was just pushing in transition more often, you know, like grab and go stuff. There's less guys in the paint. There's less for Fred to worry about. And it's just little things like that about how those, as you say, intelligent players with great feel for the game, how they input themselves. We sometimes underrate how they figure out how to get better. And so we're circling, you know, the final conversation 
or the final point of this is that when a player has such a great feel for basketball, like Fred does, it can sometimes seem a little bit fruitless to try and chart a course for his development because he might find something that we couldn't even think of because he's on the floor doing it. I look at Pascal as an example. He's a great example of somebody that's constantly adding. And I mean, in basketball years, he's getting up there. I think he's going to be 29, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken. And his aspiration is to be top five in the league. Now, granted, it's going to have some challenges, but he's adding to his game. And I think we got to see a little bit of that during the preseason game while it wasn't very impactful. uh, But you can tell that he's looking to do less predictable things on offense. And you want to see that because you're not going to spend your entire summer working on shooting and Mm -hmm. then not take a single jump shot. It doesn't make sense. But in, in Fred's case, as you said, he seems to be adding a little bit more every single time. And I'm sure he's aware of the things that we're talking about right now, being a better finisher in the paint, be able to take, take a bump and get a shot off, draw the foul, create those kind of uh, secondary opportunities. Once you get behind the defense, listen, his whole career at this point has been, he's been an underdog. He's been underappreciated. I think that's enough to fuel him to take it up a notch. And if he's an as intelligent as he definitely looks like on the floor, and we can definitely see it as fans of the game, I have no doubt that he's able to take it up another notch. He, he just he seems primed as a dude who he's going to milk his talent for all it's worth. Same with Pascal. Uh, Rico Hines had that quote where he's like, Pascal's trying to get every single thing out of his game. Draft. Guys who do the draft talk about it in terms of percentile outcomes. Like what is what is a 95th percentile outcome? It's it's abstract. It's not exactly perfect, but it's it's a way to talk about basketball in some regards and progression. And it's like, what does the 95th percentile version of this guy look like? Does it look awesome if he adds X and Y and then Z and B and C to his game? It looks awesome. And Fred and Pascal and the Raptors just seem like a team chock full of dudes who keep adding letters to their game. You know, they, he, he blows me away. I, I think it was last year. I said, I I'm kind of done doing the thing where I say Fred might not develop something and I won't be doing it this year. So, uh, you know, I'm charting a course for my own development to somebody who covers the game or covers Fred at least. Uh, Curly, is there anything you want to talk about regarding Fred or the Raptors before we get out of here? I'm just excited to see them healthy, you know, for the most part, at least our our top seven, top eight guys. I mean, we can argue who those guys are, Mm -hmm. but I'm just excited to see Freddie and Pascal starting together. OG seems to be relatively healthy. uh, healthy. Scotty looks ready to go. Gary Trent looks focused. uh, And I mean, we've seen the strides that Precious has made in the small sample size. Same with Boucher. I'm excited just to see everybody healthy and ready to go. Me too, man. Um, yeah, but hey, plug yourself, dude. Like the people are here, they're listening. Tell them where to find you. <laughs> uh, well, I'm on Instagram at live by the period number three. I'm also on Twitter at live by the zero three. Somebody took my handle. I don't really <laughs> appreciate that. But yeah, you know, I'm just just a passionate Raptors fan looking to get content. I know Raptors Twitter, especially, is hungry for Raptors content. But yeah, we focus mainly on the Raptors. Touch on a little bit on NBA, definitely trying to change your approach. I actually have a full season 
that I'm going to be able to work with. I started uh, in January, so half the halfway mark of the season. So I'm excited to get some preseason stuff in, some uh, season preview stuff, and uh, keeping tap on the Raptors. So definitely check it out I'm wherever you get your podcasts. And listener, viewer, whichever it is, Curly, that's my guy. Okay, that's the cosign. Make sure to go follow him. Tune in with the By the Three podcast. And uh, yeah, enjoy the work this season, man. Uh, listener, viewer, thanks for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video, that helps. If you're listening on the podcast channel, just keep doing your thing. Thanks for tuning in. Curly, everybody listening, we'll see ya. Peace.